0: At the chapter we read, Ephesians 2, verse 8, we read, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And verse nine and 10, not our works, lest any man should boast. For where is workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them, these and many other passages of Holy Writ are the basis of the instruction of our catechism in Lord's Day Seven, which speaks of saving faith. Are all men then as they perished in Adam, saved by Christ? No. Only those who are engrafted into him and receive all his benefits by a true faith. What is true faith? True faith is not only a certain knowledge whereby I, I hold for truth all that God has revealed to us in his word, but also as an assured confidence which the Holy Ghost works by the gospel in my heart, that not only to others, but to me also, remission of sin, everlasting righteousness, and salvation are freely given by God, merely of grace, only for the sake of Christ's merits. What then is necessary for a Christian to believe? All things promised us in the gospel, which the articles of a Catholic, undoubted Christian faith teach us, briefly teach us. What are these articles? I believe in God the Father Almighty and what follows. This beloved is, of course, immediately connected with question 18 of the preceding Lord's Day. And then was asked, who then is that mediator? And the answer Our Lord Jesus Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. And Since all things, all the blessings of salvation, according to this answer, are only in Christ Jesus. Therefore, it stands to reason that we must be connected with him If we are to be saved, we must be united with Christ. Since outside of Christ, there is no salvation whatsoever. And when the question is asked, as it is in this Lord's day, How can we be united with Christ? The answer is, we are engrafted into him, or engrafted into him by a true and living faith. And so the catechism comes to the question concerning saving faith, which now we must briefly explain to you. Talking about saving faith, I want to speak first about the essence or the being of saving faith. What is? saving faith. In the second place, about the elements of saving faith, and the elements of saving faith as a power, which according to the Catechism, are knowledge and confidence. And finally, about the contents of saving faith. An important Lord's Day, beloved, this is There uh, are many views and uh, there are many wrong views many, I would say, intentionally wrong views about the subject of saving faith. Intentionally wrong views, beloved, because uh, principally Men do not want to believe and maintain the truth concerning sovereign grace and if we have the scripture. And true conception of the subject of the reality of saving faith. We cannot do anything else than adhere to the truth of God's absolutely sovereign grace and the matter of salvation. I read a book this week that criticizes all kinds of views and expressions of the sermons of so-called evangelists. And this author, according to his own statement, must have nothing of it. He wants to believe in absolutely sovereign grace. And so he criticizes various statements made by evangelists in their sermons. One of them is, for instance, if you do not receive Jesus Christ, you will be lost. Now one would think what is wrong with that. But he explained that this is wrong with that statement, that if we do not receive Jesus Christ. It is so that we will be lost but we are lost and that we were lost and that we are lost forever. And of course that is true, but how difficult it is even for a man like that author to adhere to the truth concerning a sovereign grace and salvation and to faith as absolutely a gift of God becomes evident when we read about his own view of what should be said instead of all those statements of the evangelist. He says, it really should be you are lost, you were lost, you will be lost unless you receive the invitation which we offer to you which we bring to you about the reconciliation of you to God In his everlasting love toward you, I would say, beloved, that is almost worse than all the other statements this author criticized. And so, as you know, with all kinds of conceptions of what is called saving faith. There is of course a very common conception that faith is a condition. And according to that conception, you could have all kinds of erroneous errors erroneous conception. all kinds. Of and then, of course, you can preach, as it was preached from this pulpit. A God will save every one of you. if you believe. That's certainly a very corrupt statement, beloved. There's no truth in it but it's false from beginning to end. That's conditional, conditional theology. God will save every one of you if you believe. God will give every one of you eternal life if you believe. Don't you see? Beloved, in the correct uh, version of a statement like that, it should be God will give every one of you that believe eternal life. See the difference? That's correct. Not God will give every one of you eternal life if you believe, but God will give every one of you That believe eternal life, that is true. But statements like that, beloved, are deliberately made. Don't forget it. Always, they are deliberately made because they don't want the sovereign grace the absolutely sovereign grace of God. And so there are all kinds of theories of faith. One theory is the same thing really. That faith is the power and then they add that is given by God to do good works. And then because of those good works, we are saved. Not true, beloved. We're not saved. We're not saved by good works, good works of faith or any other good works. Not at all. We're saved without works, as the Apostle had it. Not our works, lest any man should boast. Not at all. Another conception is that faith is itself a good work. Oh, they add that uh, that faith is given of God, oh sure, of God. Nevertheless, beloved, they corrupt the truth. Faith is not a good work unto salvation at all. There are no works unto salvation, nothing, absolutely nothing. And uh, so there are many false conceptions about faith. I mention them because it's very good for you to know, and to be reminded of these things beloved. Very good to be reminded of, you ought to know. And have you asked a question? Uh, what then is? saving faith. What is it? The Albert Catechism, answered beloved. And very beautifully too at uh, that first question. Uh, that the essence of saving faith is the means whereby we are grafted into Christ. That's saving faith. Saving faith is the God-given spiritual power, spiritual means, whereby we are grafted into Christ. That's the character. The figure that's implied in this expression is very clear to us all, isn't It's a very uh, scriptural figure, craft, graft into Christ. That brings to us the figure of a branch uh, that is grafted into the trunk of another tree and when that branch is grafted into a trunk of another tree beloved uh, that that branch gradually becomes connected with the tree so that it draws all its sap from the trunk. Or as the Lord Jesus Christ himself tells us, I think it's in John 15, I am the vine, ye are the branches. If, any man, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch. They must abide in Christ, beloved, as a branch abides in the vine. That's faith. By the power of faith, the Christian is engrafted into Christ. The reason is very plain. As we said before, and as the Hermocriticism added in question and answer 18, all our salvation is in Christ. Salvation, beloved, does not exist in this that we go to heaven after we die. That's true enough, but that's not salvation. Salvation means that we are negatively delivered from the guilt and the power and the corruption of sin and death, and that positively, we receive instead of that guilt and corruption of sin and death, Forgiveness. Forgiveness of sin. That's principally salvation, beloved. If you have the forgiveness of sins, you have salvation. Don't worry. No question about it. If you believe that you have the forgiveness of sin? You have all of the salvation that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. But of God, there is much more than that. There is a righteousness. It's all in Christ. It's all in Him, beloved. A righteousness in the sense of imputed righteousness and in the sense of spiritual ethical righteousness is in Christ Jesus, not in us not in us at all. We have no righteousness. We lie in the midst of sin and death. There is in Christ, and that also belongs to salvation. The power of sanctification. Holy. The power of persevering even unto the end. The power of eternal life. Eternal life. That's all in Jesus Christ our Lord. All right. But how do we get it? That's the question of faith. How do we get that salvation that is in Christ Jesus our Lord? And the answer is, beloved, we get that by faith. By faith. How? How do we get it by faith? Uh, Do we we probably have some kind of a power in ourselves uh, to get to Christ? On the invitation of an evangelist uh, or an Armenian preacher, Oh, come, 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 come. Beloved, that's all nonsense. All nonsense. Come. We come to Christ. We cannot come to Christ. And we, we will not come to Christ. We don't want it. We don't even want the salvation that is in Him. We don't want it. Oh, maybe we want later go to heaven after death, but we don't want righteousness. We don't want forgiveness. We don't want sanctification. We don't want uh, the power of salvation that is in Christ. We don't want. It. Don't want. It. We cannot come to Christ, beloved. But God must draw us to Christ. And the drawing of Christ, the drawing of God to Christ, is the power of faith, one aspect of it. God draws us, beloved, He implants into our hearts what is called the true saving faith. When he implants into our hearts that true saving faith, then by that faith, He so draws us to Christ that we become implanted into Him, beloved. That's one aspect of it. I say one aspect of it, but that's the first aspect. We must first, by the power of God, be grafted as the, as the catechism matter, be grafted into Christ. That's faith, one aspect of it. And then, when we are grafted into Christ, beloved, and that power of faith becomes active. Then we draw all things out of Christ. God draws us to Christ. He implants us into Christ. So that we become one with Christ. And after we have become one with Christ, beloved, that power of faith becomes active so that we draw out of Christ all things. Forgiveness, redemption, justification, sanctification, complete, complete salvation, all drawn out of Christ. That is the gift of God that is called faith. A means whereby God unites us with Christ, whereby we draw all things from Christ. And as to the elements of that saving faith, beloveds, the Catechism mentions two things, two elements. And that second question, namely knowledge and confidence. Notice what is true faith? The essence of the Catechism, as already described in the first question. Only those who are engrafted into him by, uh, uh, and receive all his benefits by true faith. That's the essence of it. But now, what is true faith? True faith is not only a certain knowledge. That's third Certain knowledge. Whereby I hold for truth all that God has revealed to us in his word but also an assured confidence which the Holy Ghost works by the gospel in my heart and that not only to others, but to me also, remission of sin, everlasting righteousness and salvation is freely given by God, merely of grace, only for the sake of Christ's marriage. That's too faith. And therefore, beloved Uh, By the way I can probably say uh, that this corresponds, I think it corresponds, to man's nature, to man's soul. We can say that the soul of man has chiefly two faculties. The faculties of the mind and of the will, and therefore the faculties of knowledge and of all the actions of the will which in in this connection is called confidence, confidence. And another remark I want to make, you must not receive the impression which the Heidelberg Catechism almost leaves here in this question and answer, beloved, as if the knowledge of faith were natural and the confidence of faith were spiritual. That's not true. There's nothing natural in faith, nothing. The whole of faith is spiritual. Also the knowledge of faith. The catechism leaves the oppression, so what? I would criticize that, beloved, because that is not so. The uh, catechism tells us uh, that faith is not only a certain knowledge whereby I hold for truth all that God has revealed in his word. That's perfectly true. No question about that. But then it continues, it says, but also a certain confidence which the Holy Ghost, by, uh, which God by the Holy Ghost works in my heart, as if that knowledge were not worked in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, beloved. That's not true. Both the knowledge and the confidence of faith are wrought in the heart by the Holy Ghost. So that when we read that uh, faith is, first of all, a certain knowledge whereby I hold for truth all that god has revealed in his word i must not think of a mere natural knowledge oh i even believe i even believe beloved that such a natural knowledge of all that god has revealed in his word is not possible i think that's impossible Natural knowledge. All oh, man can read the Bible. A man, uh, everybody can read the Bible, no question about that. Anybody can uh, get the contents of, his, of the Bible in his mind, no question about that. But I do not believe, beloved, that a natural man can receive, even as truth, all that is revealed in the Bible. I don't, in that that respect, I don't believe in what is called historical faith. You know, uh, people distinguish sometimes and say, uh, true faith and other faith and historical faith, and that historical faith then is supposed to be a mere natural knowledge of the whole of the Bible. I don't believe that's possible. The Bible, beloved, stands outside of the natural man. He can get it. He can get it in his mind, but he can believe it. can't believe it. He can't appropriate it. That's impossible. And therefore... Also this knowledge, this knowledge of faith, beloved, is a spiritual knowledge. Spiritual knowledge. What do I mean by that? Well, I mean by that in the first place, beloved, at that It is a saving knowledge of Christ. I know that the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ and all that is concentrated around that resurrection and death of Christ is for salvation of sinners. I know that. The spiritual knowledge and not, uh, beloved, the the mere uh, uh, fact uh, uh, that I read in the Bible, but they assure it The assurance that Christ's cross and resurrection is for the salvation of dead and miserable sinners. I, I mean, more. I think that spiritual knowledge also includes personal knowledge. Personal knowledge. Certainly, we cannot have that in so called historical faith. I do not always say, beloved, that the death and resurrection of Christ is for the salvation of sinners. Or I say that the cross and resurrection of Christ is for me person, that belongs to it, and that surely you cannot have, beloved, in so-called historical faith, you understand, no such thing, but we have the faith, beloved, when you do have the faith. Then you say with me, you ought to say with me, even this moment, I believe that the death, the resurrection of Christ is for my personal salvation. You say that? That's the purpose of the preaching. That's the purpose even of the preaching in this morning, beloved. That you may say that. That you may say that for yourself. That's the purpose. That's the living word of God. When the Holy Spirit, through the preaching, even in this morning hour, applies the word that is preached into your heart, the fruit will be, beloved, that you say, yes, yes, I believe. the death and resurrection of Christ is for my salvation. That is faith, that is saving faith. Of course, in that knowledge already uh, is implied in a way uh, the true confidence. Oh, it's almost time. Uh, Just briefly, let me continue. A few minutes, please. I must finish this confidence anyway. What is confidence? Confidence, beloved, is the assurance and again, it is the personal assurance that God loves me though I'm a sinner. And that he has revealed that love to me in Christ Jesus my Lord and that therefore, as the catechism has it in this answer, the central idea of that confidence is that I believe the forgiveness of sins. That's true confidence. Confidence is based on the knowledge that the one in whom I trust loves me. Otherwise I cannot have confidence. I cannot have confidence in anyone of whom I think he doesn't love me, or hates me, or anything else. Oh no. And therefore True confidence is exactly that, beloved. Principally, principally it is the assurance in my heart that God loves me. loves me. Loves me. Loves me personally. Loves me though I'm a sinner. Loves me though I have rebelled against him. Loves me, though I rebel against him day by day, always. Loves me, nevertheless. Sovereignly loves me. That's uh, that's confidence. Not based on anything else. Not based on any of my works. Not based on any love of mine. It's all based on the one Sovereign love of God and that sovereign love of God has revealed on the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. That is confidence. You, know. you understand that confidence too is personal, spiritual, personal means me and I say once again, when you hear my preaching, the fruit of it must be in your heart, beloved, that you say, I believe too personally. I, I trust in the love of God. Well, I must quit. The contents of faith that Reverend Hancock has next time, it connects with the next Lords day anyway. The contents of faith is, oh, it's not simply the Bible. Let me say that a moment, not the Bible, oh no, the Bible is the form. It's the revelation of God, of the God of my salvation, beloved. That's in the Bible. Oh, I believe that all that's in the Bible is the word of God. Oh, yes. But nevertheless, the Bible cannot be the object of my faith. The truth of the God of my salvation is the object of my faith. How do I get that truth? I get that truth not independently, beloved, not like the undenominational. I don't get that truth individually. I get that truth in the church, in the church. When I'm engrafted into Christ, I'm engrafted in the church. When I'm engrafted in the church, I receive the knowledge of Christ and the confidence through the church faith through the church oh yeah, no other knowledge no other confidence and when the church finally assimilates that knowledge beloved the true spiritual knowledge and confidence and then the church expresses it in the confession. That's necessary too. The church received the truth. I receive the truth through the church, through the preacher. The church assimilates the truth and the church finally expresses the truth in her confession. And when the church expresses the truth in her confession, it says, Principally, and in the first place, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, and all the rest. That's my faith. Is it yours? Oh, beloved, I trust it is. And I trust that the Lord... My spirit will apply the few remarks concerning faith I have made in my sermon unto your hearts so that you say with me, I believe, not we believe, I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. And in Jesus Christ, my Lord, I believe in the Holy Ghost. I believe in the God of my salvation. Amen. Thanks, O Lord, for thy word. Forgive our sins. Remember us in our Lord Jesus Christ sanctify thy word unto our hearts so that we may say indeed, I believe in the God of my salvation. Amen.